You are listening to the Grace Church Podcast. To learn more about grace, including our gathering times, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Tommy Jones. Today we start the book of Jonah, and I I am so excited about this. Uh, So I'm going to spend today giving you guys some background, and then you will read Jonah chapter 1. But let me give you a little high-level background on Jonah. Uh, Jonah is a prophet, and typically when you read prophet books in the Old Testament, what you get is God speaking a word to a person who then speaks a word to a nation, and that's sort of how the prophet books work. Jonah is a little different. Jonah is where God uses a narrative, a story of someone and what they do, and through that story, he's teaching us a lesson. So so it's a little different, Uh, and if, if you have your Bible, go ahead and open it up. If you have your Bible, go ahead and let me see how long it takes you to find Jonah. Not there yet. You may tell you why it's so hard to find. It's three pages. This book of the Bible is three pages. In my Bible, if I actually got rid of the little charts in the graphs, it's a page and a half of text. 1.5 pages in the Bible. And guess what? We're going to spend five weeks on 1.5 pages in the Bible. And so I think we're really going to dive deep into this, and I'm excited. But when I say we're going to spend 1.5 weeks on the book of Jonah, I feel like what most of you think is, I already know that story. I know the story of Jonah, okay? Uh, I saw VeggieTales. So that's, right? Like, <laughs> no, Tommy, I know Jonah. I saw VeggieTales. Even, even, if you, even if you're not from church, like if this is your first time in church, I'm willing to bet somewhere along the life you heard about the story of Jonah. And for many of you, maybe the story of Jonah was your first encounter with God. For many of you, maybe the story of Jonah is why you don't believe in God, but someone drug you here today. But like, we have some understanding of the book of Jonah. And I want to say this, I think that's dangerous sometimes. Because sometimes we think we know a book so well that we don't even allow ourselves to hear a new word about it. We come, we come in and going, oh, Jonah, I know Jonah. And so we think that what we learned in VeggieTale Land is the true story of the book of Jonah. And I would just like to say, maybe there's more. Maybe there's more to Jonah than what we learned in fourth grade and fifth grade and second grade. And did y'all know in that little VeggieTale scene, did you know the asparagus was Jonah? <laughs> Obviously. But like, sometimes we're so inoculated. And I'm, listen, you got to teach kids the Bible. I'm not saying you got to teach kids, Obviously. But sometimes we carry into adulthood what we learned in childhood, and so we never really grow in our faith and our knowledge of the Bible. And I would say this, Jonah is a deep and meaningful story. Jonah has got so much going on. And so we have these these little pages where what we see is a a caricature of, y'all know what a caricature is? When someone draws a picture and it like embellishes someone's features in some way. So Jonah is a, as a matter of fact, let me show y'all a caricature. Here's a caricature. Do y'all know who this is? Tom Cruise. Yeah, I mean, that's not really what Tom Cruise looks like, right? It's, it's, it's sort of, it's blowing up some features to make some sort of point. How about this next one? Y'all know who that is? I knew 10 o'clock would know. I all hear a funny story about wrestling. When I was in college, I watched wrestling all the time. And uh, I would wear a shirt out on Friday nights that said Diamond Dallas Page with a big diamond on it. And my friends were like... You can't keep doing that. <laughs> you can't keep wearing the ball. Yeah, I loved it, man. I, boom. But like, that's Hulk Hogan, right? And so what we see is just some, some exaggeration. That Hulk Hogan doesn't really look like that. And so in some ways, the book of Jonah is a caricature 
of God's grace and mercy. It's, it's showing us a vivid picture of this, but it's also a caricature of, of his righteousness and his holiness. And same thing, with it's also a, a caricature of the broken human condition and how desperately we need a savior and how, how we will fail and how like when God calls us to go this way, sometimes we go that way, right? And so Jonah is all these things rolled up into one book. And I would say this, it's more than a fish story. Let, let me just demonstrate. Let's have a little fun real quick because we all think we know the book of Jonah. So I want you all to finish my sentence for me, okay? Everybody do it. Everybody say it together. Jonah and the whale. Are you sure? Sure it was a whale? Hold on. Hold on now. What are we doing here? We're messing with the story. Right, Because we, we, we go to the Old Testament with an agenda, and we go to the Old Testament filling in the blanks before they're actually said. And do any of y'all do that in conversation? Like someone will be talking to you, and you'll say it. If, if you're the person who does it, you don't know that you do it, but the rest of us are super annoyed <laughs> by that. Like, you know, we finish each other's sandwiches. You know, it's, That's what we're doing with Jonah, though. We're filling in a story that we've kind of heard because we need that story to make sense for us. And what we, uh, not, not any of y'all, but what some Americans like to do with the Old Testament is make it say what I need it to say to make the point I want to make. I need to make Jonah say what I want it to say so that I can tell other people what I want to say to people. But what if we read this with new eyes, without our agenda, without our preconceived notion, and we actually allow God to speak a word for us? You know why we don't do that most often? Because sometimes the word God would speak would make us uncomfortable. Sometimes it would bother us. If I can't use the Old Testament as a club to hammer people I disagree with, then perhaps it's a word for me. Maybe it's a word for my life. And listen, I'm, guys, I'm, I'm not saying that we're under Levitical law or anything like that from the Old Testament. We're not. But I will say that this has value and it has place in our lives. So why read it? Why, why read a book written thousands of years ago for a people in a far-off place who spoke a far-off language, a language that not one of us really even fully understands. So why in the world would we choose to spend five and a half weeks on a page and a half that wasn't written to us and makes no sense to most of us? Is that the question you're asking? Ask me, why? Everyone on the count of three. One, two, three. I happen to have the answer. This is the answer. It's not about the book, okay? It's not about the book. We don't read Jonah because it's about the book of Jonah. We read Jonah because it's about a person. And this person we will find is this Jewish man who came into the world, lived a perfect life, died on a cross, and saved the world from sin. You're like, but Tommy, that's the Old Testament. You're right, it's the Old Testament. But something tells me we will find a thread that will lead us not to the book of Jonah, but to Jesus the Christ. And so for those who will take this journey without their agenda and with new eyes, I believe you might come to know Jesus a little better. As a matter of fact, let, let, let's see what Jesus thought about the Old Testament. Luke chapter 4. This is, a, this is one of my favorite stories in the whole Bible. So Jesus, is, he's about to launch his ministry. He's about to tell the world about himself. Luke 4, 16. He, that's Jesus, went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. 
He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. Listen, all right, so you're in this room. He's reading a scroll in a room full of Jewish people. He's read a Jewish scroll from the prophet Isaiah, and he sits down. All the eyes in the synagogue are on him. And he says, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus says, this, this is about me. And you know how I know this is one of the coolest moments in the Bible? Because I saw it in The Chosen. <laughs> and it was a... It was like, cool. I'm not saying that movie's 100%. It's not, obviously, always accurate. But, man, the way they depicted this scene, gorgeous. Jesus walks in, says, it's about me. Okay, and so he's reading. Jesus is introducing himself to the world. Throw that scripture back up there for me, if you don't mind, Jamie. He's introducing himself to the world, and he uses a passage from what? The prophet, say it with me, Isaiah. Now, where is Isaiah in the Bible, Old Testament or New Testament? Old Testament. So when Jesus introduces himself to the... Now, did Jesus know there was going to be a New Testament? I think he's probably got an idea. But when he introduces himself to the world, he uses words from the prophet Isaiah. And so everyone sitting in that room understood exactly what Jesus was saying because they had studied the prophet Isaiah. They knew these words. These words had meaning for them. And again, we're not living under the same, we're not living under Levitical law. Uh, Not one of you women has your head covered and most of you were talking when you came in. We're not under Levitical law, okay? (laughs) But these things still have value for us. They still have meaning for us. And so when Jesus tells people about himself, he starts with the prophet Isaiah. Why? Because it's the backstory. And if you don't know the backstory, then the current story just doesn't have the same meaning. How many of you, when you fell in love with somebody at some point, you wanted to see their yearbook or some old pictures, right? And isn't this what we do? And so to know the full story of Jesus the Christ, it's helpful to know the full story of Jesus the Christ. And that story doesn't start in Matthew. It starts in the Old Testament. Luke 4, 16. Oh, excuse me. Luke 24, 13. Now the same day, this is is another beautiful story. Now the same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. Okay, so let me, so Jesus has died. He's been buried. It's three days later. These two guys are in Jerusalem. It's right after Passover. There's still a massive crowd. So these two guys are walking. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along beside them. Okay. But it says, but they were kept from recognizing him. So these two guys are walking along, and Jesus is now standing beside him. Guys, this is lovely. They're walking. He stands beside them. And he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas, you knew it had to be Cleopas. It's only a matter of time before Cleopas talked. He asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened in these days? And listen to what Jesus says. What things? He's being playful, guys. Allow him to have multi-dimensions. Don't just make him that, that you know, one blonde-haired, blue-eyed sheep petter. Like he is playing, okay? He's having a little fun. It's gorgeous. What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. And the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But what we had hoped was that he was going to redeem Israel. And what's more, it's been three days since this all took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. 
They came and told us they'd seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions, they went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they didn't see Jesus. And Jesus says, how foolish you are. How slow you are to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things to enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in scriptures concerning himself. When Jesus, in verse 25, when he says, don't you know what the prophets have spoken? You know what he's talking about specifically? The Old Testament. When he talks about Moses and all the prophets, he's talking about the Old Testament. And so again, what Jesus is talking about is the Hebrew Bible. When he launches his ministry to the world, he's walk, when Jesus does a Bible study about Jesus, which is what he's doing now, he's doing a Bible study about Jesus. Do you know where he starts? The Old Testament. He could have told them. He, could have, he didn't have to quote any scripture. He's Jesus. He can just talk. But he leads them to the backstory because he believed that the backstory had value. Verse 45, then he opened their minds so that they could understand scripture. See, See, the people who had read those verses in the past had had their mind not opened by the Holy Spirit. Now Jesus opens their mind so they can see these ancient scriptures with new words. He told them, this is what is written, The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. So Jesus believes that these Old Testament scriptures have important weight in the kingdom of God. He, he thinks that the backstory is worth knowing. And Paul's, 2 Timothy, Paul's the apostle to the Gentiles. This is someone we believe has a, has a word for the Gentiles. And, second, and we're a Gentile, by the way. 2 Timothy 3.14. But as for you, continue. He's writing to his buddy Timothy. Continue in what you have learned and become convinced of, because you know from those whom you've learned it. And how from infancy you have studied the Holy Scriptures. What's he talking about? The Old Testament. Which are able to, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, and correcting, and training, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Paul says, you've studied scriptures that are able to make you wise in salvation through faith in Jesus. And when Paul's talking to Timothy at this point, Timothy is at the church in Ephesus. There are Jews and there are Gentiles in this church. So Paul seems to believe that there is some value in teaching Gentiles these Jewish scriptures because even through that, God can make us wise for salvation. Guys, th this is three-fourths of our Bible, and for most of it, we don't read it. We don't, we don't care about it because it's complicated and it doesn't make sense and it makes us uncomfortable and we don't like it and then we have to justify it and explain it. But Jesus seems to think that it's important for us to spend some time on it. So does Paul. And, and the, these Old Testament scriptures somehow lead us to an understanding of God's mercy and his justice and his, his righteousness. It's more than a book about Jonah. It's a book about a person. And as we dive into this study, it's important to know why you're doing it. I, I want you to understand why you're... The Old Testament is not a moralistic handbook. It's also not your guide for living. Again, we, we talked about this. In many ways, the Old Testament is not what you're ordering your life by. And I'm like 99% sure that's true of almost everyone in the room. You are not. How many of you have ever had shrimp? Some of you have never had shrimp. <laughs> the Captain D's out here changed the world. I wouldn't eat any of But yeah, it's probably not a good example of shrimp. But like, we're not living under this, but this stuff's still matters to us. It's wisdom that leads us to understanding that we need Jesus. It's wisdom that can lead us to understand the need to be rescued. 
It's wisdom that can lead us to understanding that we are broken, sinful people desperately in need of a Messiah. Jesus and Paul seem to believe that the Old Testament can lead us to Jesus. And if they believed it, so should we. And l- let me say this too. The Old Testament, it, it, this, this study is going to be great for people who are truly seeking to know Jesus. If you're not seeking to really know Jesus, then this study is going to seem like foolishness to you. Stories of men in the belly of whales will be nonsense to you. Uh, just like stories of the ark are nonsense to you and stories of creation. Are, if you're not seeking to know Jesus, then these Old Testament stories are nonsense. And, and here's the truth. You don't get to Jesus through Jonah. You get to Jonah through Jesus. It's the people who are seeking Jesus that God opens your eyes to read these stories in new ways. But if you're not seeking Jesus, then this is really nonsense for you. And as a matter of fact, if you're not seeking Jesus, if, if, if you're not really plugged into this, you should probably start off with John or Philippians. That might be a better place to start than Jonah. I was talking with a girl, and this is one of my favorite. I've probably shared this with you guys before, but you know what? I write in like 46 of these a year, so I don't remember everything I say twice. I was talking with this girl one night in a, at students, and, and she, she was an exchange student. And she was here, and she did not want to be here at all, okay? And I'm sitting there, and so I, I like to find the people who don't want to be here. And so several of you I'm going to have conversations with following this <laughs> gathering. But, uh, yeah, I, I can see everything. from And so, so I go out, and I sit next to this girl, and I'm like, hey, man, t- t- tell me why you're so bummed about being here. And she's like, because I don't believe any of this. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, I mean, you guys in the ark. She's like, that's the most ridiculous story. And I was like, okay. And she's like, and you guys and your Jonah eaten by a whale? That's ridiculous. The earth was created in seven days, and she's trying to insult me. And so after she says how ridiculous all these stories are, I said, okay, but how do you feel about Jesus? I said, I don't care to argue with you about any of those stories, but what I'd love to talk to you about is a Savior who came into my world and rescued me. We don't want to argue the world into this. We're not teaching this so that we can walk around and convince people of this Jonah story. We, we are teaching this for seekers who want to know Christ. And if you will read this book, empowered by the Holy Spirit, God will lead you to Jesus, even through a book written in a far-off place to a far-off people in a far-off land. God can speak a fresh word for your life today if you are earnestly seeking Jesus and not to win political arguments. Because the truth is, In this story is the story of a person who was called to go this way and he went that way. Can anyone relate to that? In this story is a a story of someone who didn't really want to forgive people that he didn't really like. In this story is the story of someone who really wasn't that fond of foreigners. Nobody raise your hand on that one, but just be cool. In this story is the story of a God who holds intention, complete righteousness, judgment, and wrath, with complete love, grace, and mercy. In this story is the story of an Israelite representative who was in darkness for three days. And he came out of darkness on the other side and redeemed an entire nation of people. Any of that sound familiar? Sounds a little bit like Jesus, doesn't it? Maybe this isn't just their story. Maybe it's my story. Maybe it's your story. Maybe it's more than just a fish story. But for those who will open their eyes and open their heart and lay down your agenda, let me tell you what's going to happen. I want to speak this into you, and I want you to remember this. Here's what's going to happen over the next five weeks. You are going to know Christ 
better because you are going to better know your need for Christ. You are going to, you're going to know God better because you're going to have a, a new understanding for his goodness, his grace, and his mercy, and his righteousness. You're going to know yourself better because you're going to see a picture of our own faithlessness in the life of Jonah. For those who choose to take this journey, it's not just a fish story. In many, many, many ways, this is our story. So as we journey together, may God transform us through the hearing of his word. Amen. If you are encouraged by today's message, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. And again, thanks for listening to the Grace Church Podcast.